0: Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast where we break down every episode of the 10 season show. Today we're talking about season seven, episode two.
1: Here we go again. Mary, what happened this week?
2: My DVD player broke, so (laughs) I could not watch this episode after trying literally an hour and a half to watch a 40 minute episode of TV from 30 years ago. So y'all are just going to have to tell
1: me. It finally happened.
0: Finally happened, guys.
1: We have been dreaming about the moment that one of us doesn't watch and we get to explain it to the other person and just see their reactions. And I honestly think this might be the best episode to have done it. Agreed. It was so bad that... And it's extremely
0: straightforward Mm -hmm. for what happened. So it's not all this like, what the heck? It's what the heck for entirely different reasons. Yeah. So we're going to tell you, we took a stab um, at making synopses. And I just got to say right off the bat, Mary, I don't know how you do what you do. I am not good at this. I have also learned that I'm not good at just writing just regular sentences. Run on sentences. Here we come. So we're going to take a stab. We both did it.
1: So Ariel, would you like to go first? I would like to go first. Let's see how long it takes me to read a paragraph.
0: Yep. Yep. Just be ready for. Oh, crap. I can't read.
1: (laughs) Cut that out. I'll do that again. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. It's the end of summer and everyone is back in Beverly Hills and ready for the apparently annual Beverly Hills Beach Club reunion. You don't even have to be a member. Steve has his brothers at the beach club, and they see a girl from their school, and they're very interested in her boobs. They proceed to be the creepiest teenagers since, well, Steve and David and everyone we love. And Steve reminisces about banging Kelly at the beach club. This is new information to Claire, and she is pissed at him for the rest of the episode. Until she overhears him tell his brothers that they have to respect women, and then she loves him again. It turns out Steve was reminiscing about Kelly and remembering that after they broke up, he told everyone who would listen that she was a slut and is the reason that she had a bad reputation in high school. He tells Kelly this, who is also now pissed at him, until she remembers the spring dance from season one where Steve said horrible stuff to her and ruined her night, but they made up and said they loved each other. They make up now and compete in the egg toss together very badly.
0: Yours is much better than mine. (laughs) It's (laughs) the
1: longest paragraph.
0: No, mine's a long paragraph, too, and it's so much better. Oh, God. Okay. All right. It's time for the annual Beach Club reunion that we totally have always been to since at least high school. Steve and Claire watch Austin and Ryan stare at a girl, and Steve gives them really bad advice. But, ah, the Beach Club. Doesn't it make you feel feelings? At least it does for Steve, who starts to reminisce about all those unforgettable times with Kelly. And, oh, by the way, Claire, thanks for the iced cappuccino, but didn't you know that Steve slept with Kelly and used to be... Used to be slash still sort of weirdly is in love with her? Claire's time at the beach club is officially ruined, and Steve spends most of the rest of the day slash weekend trying to get her to forgive him, while still hiding something he isn't proud of. He finally tells Kelly and us that he was a virgin when he and Kelly slept together, and because she wasn't as into it as he was, he was the one who spread all those rumors about Kelly in high school and effectively ruins her reputation. Now he has to get Claire and Kelly to forgive him, which he eventually does because it's Steve. (laughs)
2: okay i have questions (laughs) first all caps bhbc reunion
1: (laughs) yep that has always been there every year we totally go all the time um
2: okay so egg toss what (laughs) yeah
0: yeah apparently the very last part of this story is that kelly and steve Well, Steve's partner, whoever that was supposed to be, drops out of the egg toss. So Steve tries to get Kelly to go do it with him by getting her to forgive him and all this nonsense. And then because she does forgive him, she just goes and they toss it two times and then it breaks.
1: Yeah, they (laughs) just stand on opposite ends of the beach volleyball court and throw a raw egg back to each other over the net. And I just have to say that Kelly did it in a very cute white top. And long jeans, yep. Like possibly the worst egg toss outfit I could have come up with.
0: And Steve was shirtless because he has to be. That's a requirement for the beach club.
1: And then the egg broke into his chest hair.
0: Yes, and almost looked like it started cooking. Oh
1: He's my god! just that hot. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: I'm like, I'm like, my mind is blown that apparently Steve and Claire haven't had an ex conversation.
1: So here is something I've been thinking about since I watched the episode that I need y'all's help with. Continuity in this story. Oh, yeah. 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 Be- because, first of all, Claire at least knows that Kelly and Steve dated. This was a conversation that was had where Steve freely admits that he would go back to Kelly in a heartbeat. Like he still loves her mm-hmm. while Claire was in the room. Mm hmm. She may not have known they slept together, but I feel like you have to have that question. Yeah, have an ex-conversation at some point, especially considering this group. Also, in the storyline, Mary, Claire asks Brandon, do you ever think about how our gang is incredibly incestuous? And Brandon's like, I try not to dwell on it.
2: I will Brandon that, doesn't want to dwell on it because he still wants to fuck half the people in the group.
0: Yes, true. But I will say, in Claire's defense, because, and maybe continuity's sake, defense, like when Clarence, I'm sorry, when Steve and Kelly dated, they had to have only been freshmen and or early sophomore, like summer before mm-hmm. sophomore or something like that. So in Claire's defense, maybe she just assumed that because that would have made them 14, 15 that they were not old enough to sleep together. And so therefore didn't think to ask the question because they're like wee baby 15-year-olds.
1: And I think that's fair. Like I don't know that the sleeping together part is necessarily continuity, but it's just like it's it's starting to get muddy in this storyline because, yeah, why wouldn't they have had the conversation? Why does this upset Claire so much now when it was six years ago, seven years ago. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And also Steve talks to Kelly about having sex like 20 feet from the table they're at, at the beach club. When in the slumber party episode in season one, Kelly says that they had sex in Steve's room and there is video evidence of him right after it happened in his house. I do remember that now. I watched the clip because technically she could have been lying to make it better because Mm -hmm. that episode was about how traumatic her first time really was. But she said there was video evidence. Like, I don't know. It's an interesting thing to just change the story to say now they banged at the beach club because that's the convenient place for it.
0: Agreed. But then when Kelly ends up, or I guess Steve ends up saying, like, he keeps commenting on how unforgettable the moment was. Like, location-wise, yes, agreed. That was obviously continuity er- error. Um, but I kind of almost like the idea that Kelly was trying to, like, make it sound better than it was. Because mm-hmm. then when Steve's like, talking about how unforgettable it was, and wasn't it unforgettable for you, and Kelly just kind of, like, stares at him, like... I was like, yeah, probably wasn't great for her. But then later, she like when Steve is confronting her about it, he's talking about how he was a virgin. It was a really, really big deal to him, but that he sensed that it was not a big deal to her. So all of that still leads me to believe that like she probably had a good sense that it was his first time or maybe she knew it was his first time. So she was thinking it was like had to be really special for him. But to her, it really wasn't a big deal. I don't know. The continuity of the location was one thing, but the experience at least sounds continuous, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a little thing, but it bothers me because it feels like they're rewriting the story pretty much just to say, oh, and then Steve turned into scumbag Steve that we remember so well from high school and started telling everyone who would listen that she's a slut, which i'm i'm not sure that's forgivable in my mind no
0: why would it be like you find out like your entire high school reputation she even says later on so uh mary they and like kelly is like as soon as she hears all this from steve she gets really mad rightfully so she's like are you kidding me like my entire like do you, she basically says like do you know how long it took me to shake that off basically like she was like do you know how much that affected me she even said that she's still coming to terms with all that still getting over all that so when they're walking on the beach later on when he like comes up to her like trying to apologize she just reminisces about the spring dance about when they said that no matter what happens they'll always love each other and then suddenly decides it's okay
1: but they also have a super long flashback to the spring dance of the scenes before that where Steve just says the meanest stuff. Like, mm-hmm. it's a full on flashback. It's clips from the episode. And I think I forgot how mean he is to her. Yeah.
0: And yeah, she even like, says,
1: she's like, why are you trying to ruin my night? Yeah. Cause he was like, talked about
0: Jackie still being a junkie, talked about her dad and the fact that he was never there. Like, went straight at her and this clearly is a pattern of steve doing and saying really mean things to her she takes some time away from it and then just forgives him because he's i guess charming i don't know it just felt so much like and like he does have one redeemable moment in the episode unrelated though like it's like two things can still be true you can still be a complete asshole and a jerk to people you claim to love and also have learned that you say the right thing to other people. I don't know. It's like,
1: it's so complicated. Yeah. It's really hard because, yeah, he, like, even at the beginning of this episode where he's talking about them dating, like, yeah, Claire goes to get them iced cappuccinos, which, yeah, as soon as she brings them back, he's like, I don't want it. And she's like, you sent me to go get an iced cappuccino and you're not going to drink it?
0: (laughs) also she got a third for kelly too i'm like damn and kelly was just gone she just walked away
2: (laughs) the (laughs) idea of an iced cappuccino is cracking me up because like is there how do you make iced foam
1: it was just a frappuccino like i promise you yeah okay i mean it did
0: look kind of good though
1: (laughs) oh it looked very tasty but like it even came back in the little like bubble to go cup the plastic cup Ooh. so yeah. it was like a blended thing
0: yeah it clearly looked like almost like a java chip frap or something okay. like that yeah it looks okay. really good now I want a java chip frap. and I haven't wanted one of those in like 15 years
1: yeah. <laughs> right. they're could- so good though they're right. so good but yeah it's really interesting cause like story wise in order he has this conversation with Kelly that like goes wrong because he starts talking about them having sex like six years ago and she's like you're such a pig and then she leaves then claire comes back and steve talks about kelly claire finds out that they slept together she gets pissed and she leaves then steve and kelly like keep talking about how claire is mad at them this whole time because she didn't know they slept together and there's this moment Cause Brandon just flits in and out of storylines and they won't tell him what's wrong. And so Brandon's just like, all right, crazy kids, why don't you share your pain with your uncle Brandon? And
0: yeah, like that's when Claire like talks to Brandon about them sleeping together. Like, Hey, did you know about this? And he's like, well, yeah. And, but he tries to brush it off because it was so long ago and that it, it, like they have never it's not like a will they won't they or a get back together breakup get back together thing it was just so long ago and then it was over and so yeah Claire like wants him to take her home he Steve that is he won't take her he's mad that he, she won't let it go and then yeah eventually like when Brandon and Kelly are talking later on because again Brandon is just flitting back and forth like it's so confusing because like every it's one of those like he knows but she knows but they don't know but what who knows what so kelly eventually leaves to go make sure claire's not mad at her because she didn't want to hurt her feelings she didn't ask steve to like say that not that she was hiding it but she never asked steve to open his big mouth and So Kelly goes to smooth things over and Brandon gets Steve to tell him what really happened and why he's like, this is such a big deal, but we don't know. It cuts away. We don't even know yet. Like we have to wait for then Kelly to come back to the beach club after talking to Claire. And then Steve tells Kelly to her face and to us what happened and Like it was all the whole thing that was bothering him this whole time is that he had been hiding that he was the one that spread the rumors about Kelly sleeping around this whole time. So that doesn't solve why Claire's mad at him and now has made Kelly mad at him.
1: And the way that Claire gets over this. So while all of this is happening, Austin and Ryan are also at the beach club. They see a girl from their high school that they're both like super into. And I think like, Austin is trying to check her out and Steve is like, no, she's clearly looking at Ryan. And I noticed Ryan does the eyebrow thing that Steve and Brandon used to do,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is cute. And then he has like a good day with this girl who starts hinting. She's like, you know, I don't have a curfew tonight. And, you know, whatever, don't really care, but like it's going fine. But then she leaves and is like, hey, let's meet up later. I'm going to go change at my family's cabana. And then Austin comes over and is like, we're going to do something. And they go over to her cabana, like pull open the back of it to watch her shower and change.
0: But instead of seeing her, um, and her name is Beth, by the way. Thank you. And she has big boobs. And instead of seeing Beth, her mom walks into the cabana from the front side is like, hey, Beth, what you do? Like, blah, blah, blah. I don't know what she said. And she starts to undress, like, she's going to change. And so Austin and Ryan are grossed out because they see, you she's know, she's an a old mom, lady. Yeah, a mom who also has boobs, by the way, um, <laughs> changing. So they freak out. But then later on, I guess they close the thing and then get it back open once the mom goes away because yeah. now beth has come out of the shower and she's just in a towel so they've opened the thing again just enough but they're fighting over who gets like the better view and beth catches them
1: yeah they fall right into the cabana she's like i'm gonna call security if you don't get out of here right now and then the next time we see them like ryan is trying to apologize to her profusely as if he wasn't an active participant in this moment right We see them later because this night at the Beverly Hills Beach Club reunion ends in a dance. They're at the dance, like physically fighting on the dance floor against each other, Austin and Ryan, because they're children. And Steve comes and breaks them up and is like, you need to respect women and this and this and this. And they try and because he had given them like horrible advice earlier in the day. I don't remember what it was. Oh, I remember. What was it?
0: Um, Austin makes a comment that he would love to see. Oh yes, Beth's boobs. He would, he would get lay his eyes on those boobs, and he would get like, yeah, he would give both of his eyes to see those boobs, basically. And Steve's like, "Well, come on, you only need one eye. Keep one eye for so that- the other girls." Yeah, for the other girls. And that's when I think Kelly calls him. A- no, Kelly wasn't there at the moment. Claire's disgusted by it, yeah. and. Yeah, so he gave him that horrible advice early on. So now he's like, oh, when are you gonna learn that the only way to get respect for women is if you give them respect? And Ryan's all, well, I don't want them to respect me.
1: And that <laughs> yeah. And so he's like, Women are people too, Austin and Ryan. And Claire overhears from the other side of the dance floor and is just like over it now. Again. I'm
0: proud of you. For it, what? <laughs>
2: Doing the bare minimum. (laughs) Steve set the bar for himself so fucking low that even just like an inch of improvement gets him
1: a shit ton of credit. Yep. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely like a Steve was a scumbag in high school, but he has grown and learned now kind of a thing going on. But like, it's a shitty move to have done this. And made no effort to fix it and to, like, have kept this a secret. And then to say it at, like, a big social event is kind of also bothering me. Because the next morning after he has told Kelly this, everybody knows. And now Claire is pissed at him again because of him telling everybody about this. Brandon says, the important thing is that you told her and she needs some space. And then – val comes downstairs and is like hey good morning and steve is just like not for everybody and walks away which is only important because val tells brandon let's face it if he hadn't spread those rumors someone else would have
0: and brandon finally snaps on val to like hey look like i'm cool with it at a certain point but kelly's my friend so you've got to stop ragging on her so much and she's just like okay it was kind of weird, but also I at least respect that it didn't become a big fight because, like, she can still rag on Kelly, do literally anyone else. She's just not going to in front of Brandon.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs>
0: yeah. So <sorry>. I'm just thinking <laughs> was all, all over the place.
2: <laughs> I'm just thinking about, like, Kelly and Val now because Kelly's been calling Val a slut for a season and a half at the minute yeah. at the minimum and I don't know it just bothers me when people who have been hurt a certain way hurt other people the same way and I feel like that's honestly also kind of a typical reaction mm-hmm. for people who have been hurt to lash out at other people
0: mm-hmm. because
2: I don't know I don't know why they do it it's just a fucking thing but still like it bothers me so much when Kelly gets all slut shamey and yeah. And now Val's turning around and doing it back to her and just stop it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's like, that really made me think of in One Tree Hill, there's an episode where Nathan's grandparents come to town. So Dan's mom and dad. And Dan is visibly like, it was a surprise visit. And so Dan is visibly like nervous and like anxious about the whole visit. And, all comes boiling over at like a family dinner when nathan learns that his grandpa so dan's dad used to ride dan as hard as dan does to nathan like the emotional abuse the narcissism all that stuff and so there's like a scene a really great scene for nathan when he ends up saying like you knew what it was like and now you're doing it to me like you had your dad writing you all this time and, and being so mean and now you're doing it to me. It's like the same thing. It's like he sees this abusive behavior and then turns around and does it to his son because why, I, you know, it's, it's such a hard thing to answer. Right. But it's done so many times, including with this, with Bal and Kelly.
2: Yeah. It's like, that it just makes me think of like the whole cycle of abuse thing where it's mm-hmm. like, it's a learned behavior after a certain point that yeah. you just emulate because that's, what you've learned
1: yeah, that people do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Kelly and Val have both had to put on personas and this is how it comes out. Yep. Yeah. No, it's the whole mean girls thing when they're all sitting in the gym and it's like how many of you have ever, you know, been targeted Person- by another
0: Personally victimized by Regina George. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, it's... Kelly and Val just can't help it. Like this is just what they do and i think it's because it's a learned behavior from what they've been through and that they hate each other
0: yes of course first and foremost
1: (laughs) yeah which sucks because like if they just
2: fucking joined forces unstoppable like they're both so cute and they just are witty and smart and why can they not just be friends and like Go be mean to other people who deserve it or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, like be the the superhero or, like, the criminal that, like, gets rid of other criminals or something.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I would love it. But instead, we don't even, like, Val will come back later. Yeah. We get, like, Kelly is mad at Steve for, like, 12 hours maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, he keeps trying to get her to forgive him and she says no. And she gets another, like, real good Kelly walk away moment. Where she's yeah. just like, no, I don't think I will forgive you. But then she's walking on the beach and flashes back to the spring dance when they're like, oh, I love you. I love you, too, in a different way. And then they've made up and they're back to normal and everyone's happy.
0: Yep. And that is Steve this episode. Any other questions that we can fill in any blanks or holes or gaps? <laughs>
2: I'm checking. I didn't write that much down, but, uh,
1: nope, that was it.
0: (laughs) Cool. 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 All
1: right. Caitlin, do you want to go first with David?
0: Sure. All right. You ready, Mary? David and Donna are also at the Beach Club reunion, but have a lot of tension over the fact that Donna no longer wants to be David's business partner. While David sulks and is mean to Donna the whole episode, Donna finds a good time in Casey Watkins, a boy who didn't pay attention to Donna in high school, but is very interested in her now. They dance, he brings Donna fruity drinks, and David just stares at them the entire time. I actually wasn't sure if they were still dating at the beginning of this episode, but we definitely know they're broken up once David eventually comes over to the beach apartment to apologize for taking all of his anger and stress out on her, but asks if they can still be friends.
1: It is wild how similar what you wrote (laughs) to what I wrote is going to be. That's so funny. David and Donna are doing that thing they do where David yells at Donna for not being his exact level of anxiety. Donna decides enough is enough and sees Casey, a boy she had a crush on freshman year, getting potato salad. She decides he'll be a better companion for the reunion. Later, Casey notices her at a volleyball game and asks her to hang out at the dance tonight. David glares from the beach. At the dance, Casey and Donna dance and have drinks. David glares from another table. The next morning... David goes to the beach apartment to apologize to Donna, and they decide to break up, I think. It was very unclear to me how much they were dating this whole time. (laughs)
0: I'm so glad we are on the same page.
1: Genuinely, in my notes at the beginning of the episode in their first fight, I'm like, did they just break up? And then later on, I'm like, I think they broke up. And then at the end, I'm like, okay, I'm like 90% sure they broke up.
0: Yeah, whatever it is, they're not dating by the end of the episode. That's all I know for sure.
2: Yeah, okay, so this is, like, the one scene that I got to see, like, four seconds of yesterday um, while trying to watch it, and, um, yeah, I was like, did they break up last episode, and I forgot, (laughs) because, (laughs) um, but, yeah, just Donna being like, oh, my gosh, that boy, I had such a crush on him one time, and then David's like, how can you be so cruel for not – or for having ever had a crush on someone who's not me
0: and also focusing not focusing on me who is potentially dropped like my contract or whatever by mza she's like bitch i don't care i'm not part of them anymore
2: <laughs> yeah david shouldn't care either he has something to put on his resume and he should be thankful yeah it's the but- 90s he's gonna be fine
1: <laughs> okay but the most relatable part of this is that he's a 20 year old that is like if i lose this contract my life is over
2: Oh, my God.
0: Yeah, everything. Like, he says
1: almost those exact words.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, everything is so dramatic at that age, right? Like, because we're all just like, oh, my God, this means everything right now. And it did, to be fair, at the time. But, yeah, he's the most dramatic and jealous and sulking. So Oh, and also Casey is played by Eddie Cibrian. So that's fun. Cool new guest star.
1: I think he's only in this episode.
0: He might be, but he's still Eddie Cyprian.
1: Yeah, no, he's very cute, and I was really very hoping cute. he'd stick around.
0: His dimples, man. Those are getting me.
1: I'm, like, Googling this guy. He's been he... in a ton. You might recognize him. And
0: didn't he used to be married to Leanne
1: Rhymes? That sounds right. He's cute. Yeah. yeah. And, and he's cute really now. Long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He looks, mo- he
0: almost, <laughs> I feel so bad for saying this, but also, like, this is just how I feel. He looks today like how I thought Dean Kane was going to age.
1: Mmm, okay. His
0: like, same kind of, like, dimply, dark, complexion, dark hair, the eyes. Yeah. His
2: forehead lines do the rainbow thing? Yeah, this is, a, this is a very cute man, and I'm sorry I didn't get to see him except for when he was scooping potato salad. Hey.
0: Yeah, I love a man like, likes potato salad.
1: <laughs> when he sees her at the volleyball court, they're, like, on opposite sides of the court, and after a point, he runs across the volleyball court to come to her and be like, okay, I can either keep staring at you or you can tell me where I know you from. Yep. And they just, like, hardcore flirt for, like, a solid two minutes. Mm-hmm
2: oh, that makes me happy. And
1: I wish David was an endgame. What's so funny is she sees him and David's like, oh, he's such a jerk. And then just stares at them for the rest of the time. And I was waiting for Casey to do something or to be a jerk. Yeah. And then David, like, come be the white knight. But Casey was a nice guy the whole time.
0: And he even takes up for Donna at the very end, too. So, like, the whole time, yeah, he, even when they, like, Donna and Casey figure out how they know each other, I mean, Donna always knew, but Casey's like, oh, yeah, your parents used to come to the beach club all the time, and our cabanas were next to each other. It was never like, oh, yeah, you were really nerdy, or, like, you're Mm -hmm. an ugly duckling, or something like that. It was never any of that. It was just, like, I literally just forgot. Like, I didn't know you. I didn't pay attention. And so that was, like, really cute. And then he asked her if she was going to be at the dance and if they can go with each other. So they do. And he, like, goes to get her a beverage. And it's this cute fruity drink that she doesn't even get to drink because David has to interrupt things and be jealous again.
1: Yeah. David, like, you know, they've got the little plastic tables and chairs and there's one extra chair at the table that Casey and Donna are at and David just like pulls it up and sits down and Donna's just like why are you here (laughs) but then he's like real rude about it and she's like I think you should go somewhere else and he's like are you telling me I can't sit here and Casey's like no she's not telling you but if you don't take the hint I'm telling you
0: yeah like because Donna was being classic Donna and being really nice about trying to get David to leave and Eddie's just like yeah I'm noticing this too and this is clearly not okay so get out of here bruh
1: they get up to leave because Donna's just like I don't have time for this and she looks down at David and is just like if you're trying to ruin my night you're doing a very good job of it and then she and Eddie Sibrian go off and have their night together and we never see them again until the next morning when David comes over to apologize to her and yeah they have finally accepted like it didn't work did it
0: yep that was a really fast way of getting through their story but that's genuinely what happened the only thing otherwise that i'll say is like you can tell donna's not trying to be mean to david here she just like is annoyed that he's always in a bad mood and like always sulking and being mean to her because like right when david interrupts well he doesn't technically interrupt them when they're dancing but like once Casey goes to get them drinks he like slinks up like David's like asking her like oh what's going on here and she's like well we're just dancing do you want to dance and he's like no I don't want to dance and her face acting here was just like oh surprise surprise like it was so good like she actually reacts to it and you see her coverage on it and she's just like oh okay and then he says when he says no she's like well if you think about it if you weren't in a perpetual bad mood all the time we'd be having a good time. So it's like she's standing up for herself and throwing it back on him. That's like, dude, like, at a certain point, you just got to, like, forget about what's going on and just be in this moment with me. She's giving him every opportunity to, Mm -hmm. like, be in a good mood, hang out with her. But instead, like, he's not. So she's like, cool. Here's Casey. Casey, Mr. Potato Salad and I are having a great time just by ourselves.
1: Yeah, I mean he does apologize the next morning he's like oh I've been really stressed out and I'm trying not to take it out on you I was like you're failing very badly and like it's kind of a bit emotionally abusive that she keeps physically like separating herself from you and you just keep following her to ruin her day because how dare she be in a good mood when you're so stressed out
0: right and it's like at a certain point sorry has no meaning anymore it's like you gotta actually see the work and see the actions being taken here so at least they're like not trying to be romantic anymore for the time being
1: (laughs) yeah i can appreciate that they were just like "Mm, yeah okay we've accepted it didn't work we're better off as friends okay yeah which makes me wonder how that's gonna happen because we know their endgame. And I mean, we have like 200 episodes to figure it out.
0: <laughs> yeah, we got some time.
1: Any but
2: questions, I'm- Mary? No, but I'm really hungry for potato salad now.
0: <laughs> I know. Once I said that, I was like, I haven't had that in a while.
1: <laughs> yeah, they had a ton of food on this buffet. I think you mm-hmm. might have seen that in like that intro B-roll. Also, that B-roll was... Very. The
0: B and B roll in this moment stood for boobies and booties.
1: Yeah. Like butts. Yes, it did.
0: Not adorable shoes for children. Like <laughs>
1: butts. <laughs> <laughs> also, this episode is on the DVD because there was a special appearance by the Eliminators, who is this like surf band that plays while Donna and Casey dance and then like mm-hmm. kind of through the scenes. I don't know if they cut some of their performance out, but they were barely in this episode. I feel like you could have just like dubbed over their sound.
0: Yeah, there was no vocals either. It was just all music, so.
1: Yeah, it was so, like, like could that like. You
0: easily put like a yacht rock track on top.
1: Yeah, it was just like that like generic surf music of like. na 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 na
0: Yeah, very much like that.
1: Would have been nothing.
0: They were all wearing like. Hawaiian shirts and shorts and I was like I like that I can vibe with that
1: <laughs> honestly this party seemed very fun it was kind mm-hmm. of giving me dirty dancing Kellerman's vibes very but at the beach so.
0: yep agreed
1: I just when I saw the band I was like this was what I had to haul the DVDs out for and like banish my husband into the bedroom so that yeah. I could use the living room
0: I'm so glad I ended up finding it on Pluto TV, although it does take the full hour because they add in legitimate commercial breaks. So FYI.
1: I'm just saying, John made it a good 15 minutes. There was a moment that he looked up at the TV while they were talking (laughs) and then went back to, you know, Googling, how do I CrossFit?
0: (laughs) Yeah, CrossFit for dummies. (laughs)
1: I cannot get over when he had CrossFit on the TV and CrossFit on his phone at the same time.
0: Man, if I had a nickel for every time I did that with soccer, though, I would be very rich. All right, what's up next? Do you want to read this one first?
1: Yeah, I can do it. Kenny Bannerman is the worst CPA on the planet. He would absolutely fail his ethics exam if they were required in California. He continually invites Val to things that are not business on the promise that they will do business after. During their dinner date, he admits that he's married, separated, and has a kid. This is fine with Val until she sees his wife's bathing suit in their cabana at the club and finds out that Kelly used to be his son's babysitter. Oh, he also gives her a personal check for ten grand because he says loans take way too long. They would take less time if you weren't playing tennis at 11 a.m. on a workday.
0: Yours is much better than mine. Once again, mine was like three sentences. Okay. Val and Kenny Bannerman are still mixing business and pleasure. Kenny invites Val to be his tennis partner and casually mentions that his wife, sorry, ex-wife, was a college athlete. He then invites her to dinner to sign paperwork, I guess. She talks about pot. He talks about his son. Same thing. They eventually kiss and he gives her $10,000.
2: Okay, that's like my favorite <laughs> ending that I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> that was perfect.
1: But <laughs> <laughs> <Pot>, kids. Ah. <laughs> yeah, she leaves a joint in an ashtray in the living room at Casa Walsh, and he is just like, you shouldn't leave this out. And I'm sitting on my couch going, no, you shouldn't, because Brandon and Steve will lose their minds.
0: But also, like, when he lifts the ashtray, all I could think of was, only you can prevent wildfires. (laughs) Like,
1: (laughs) What if he just, like, ripped off his shirt and there was a dare shirt underneath? Oh, my God. You know what Nancy Reagan says?
0: Hugs, not drugs. Let's do that instead.
1: (laughs) So, uh, you're pretty hungry, right? Should we go to dinner?
0: Right? Like, you just did all this? Are you hungry? (laughs) Yeah. So, basically, like, Val walks into Kenny's office to have a meeting. And, oh, also, Brandon does remember Kenny, apparently. And his son. Yeah, from working with Jim, I guess. And so, Kenny goes to, or I'm sorry, Val goes to Kenny's office. And he immediately is, like, when she walks in, he's like, hey, you uh, play tennis? You want to go do that right now? My partner. You want to go? Like, I don't even remember why his partner couldn't make it.
1: All I remember is like something about he's like, we'll solve your financial crisis after we play a couple sets. And she's like, you make it sound like I don't have a choice. Yeah. And I was like, you're in danger. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, they play tennis and Kenny is just like, you can learn to play better if you play a little bit more you'll control that top, top swing spin. top spin
0: that was it and then like it felt very like well my wife was a college star of the team in tennis like mama, ma, and she's like uh, a wife not you just shat on me for not being your wife the tennis star and yeah he's like oh well, we're separated and then drops it And it's like, don't worry, I've got a bunch of feelers out for your money. This SBA, blah, 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 takes a long time. But hey, you know what does work? Cold, hard cash.
1: Yeah. We'll sign the papers at our early dinner together.
0: (laughs) Yeah, at dinner. Oh, my lord.
1: Are those papers loan applications? Yes.
2: Okay. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I,
1: I think so. I think he's talking about, like, different, like, she can get a line of credit. She can apply for, like, a small business loan. Like, Various versions of loans that she can apply for, like, through her business rather than, like, through personal collateral. Yeah. But he just keeps putting off signing them over and over again. Like, she shows up to sign papers, and he's like, tennis first. And she's like, how about those papers? Dinner first. How about those papers? Another date first.
0: Yeah because then like they go to dinner he brings up their wife or their wife <laughs> <laughs> he brings up his wife again but now mention he has a six-year-old son he asks about Brandon and Brenda because he's at he picks her up at the Walsh house he says he's a member of the Beach Club like he has been for years and so once they finally like go to dinner, that's when suddenly Vals like, Tell me more about this wife that you still apparently have. And he reveals that they they were college. This is disgusting, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> they were college sweethearts. They like met in college. They He says, we were college sweethearts. We were young. And we were inexperienced. And she was like, what do you mean by that? And he keeps saying they're inexperienced. And then he's like, let's just say we never sowed wild oats. And lost the passion for each other. And then he freely admits. He's like, then I started looking at other women and, you know, one thing led to another and
2: that was that. And then they kiss.
0: Yeah, Val's like, okay.
2: Kiss. I'm just imagining him just, like, putting his arm around her and be like, (laughs) hey, babe, I'm kind of a slut. Yes.
0: He's like, bada-bing, bada-boom, goodbye, wife, hello, Val.
1: <laughs> I never sowed any wild oats. What is with the writers
0: and sowing wild oats? Just say that you didn't sleep with anyone else, so you wanted to experience what other partners were like, and wife wasn't okay with that.
1: <laughs> just say that. Yeah, just be like, we were the first person that each other fell in love with very young And we learned that maybe that wasn't it for us. Yes. You don't even have to be like, I was horny for other women, and my wife didn't like that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And so, like, Val's walking, or Kenny's walking Val to the door after at the end of their date, and she doesn't invite him in because she doesn't want to give anyone the wrong idea after they've kissed. But then Kenny's like, well, are you going to be at the beach club tomorrow? And she's like, well, yeah, I might be. And he's like, well, I'll see you there then. And then they kiss again. So what wrong idea are you trying to avoid here, Val? I don't know. To be
1: fair, he asked that question too. He's like, what idea is that? I'm like, the fact that she's a college student with roommates and you are a soon-to-be divorcee CPA who is taking Mm -hmm. advantage of your working relationship. Yep. Also, he walks into Casa Walsh and is just like, yeah i remember being here i've been over for dinner with you know my wife and the kid yeah so like apparently
0: it wasn't just that jim knew knew kenny but jim and cindy knew diane his wife and his son i don't remember his son's name Uh, did they mention it
1: i think they mentioned it later because kelly asks
0: oh that's right michael that's his name yeah (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, so later on at the beach club, Val and Kenny get to the little cabana that Kenny has at the beach club because he's had a membership there forever. And she starts asking about his son and Kelly just happens to walk by, sees Kenny. And yeah, apparently she used to babysit Michael and knows Diane really well. How convenient.
1: (laughs) Val's face when this happens. (laughs) Yeah. She honestly, she looks like a little girl here. I, I feel like it has to be on purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is an older guy, like actor ages. He's yes. 13 years older than her. Yes. And it's funny, like, you know, Kelly comes by and they like say hi to each other technically. And then <laughs> Kenny turns to Val and is like, are you guys good friends? And Val goes, good enemies.
0: Which was great. And then she ends up going into the cabana to change into her swimsuit and then walks out of the cabana in her bikini and she looks good.
1: So good.
0: <laughs> it's worth it to try to get your DVD player to to work just for that. Anywho, I'll stop being gross. She comes out of the cabana and she's clearly uncomfortable. She sits down, admits as such, because she saw his wife, <clears throat> ex-wife, Her swimsuit was hanging up in the cabana like they're not really separated. And so he tries to get her to shake it off like, hey, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And yeah, here, this might help. literally gives her an envelope and within it, to Valerie Malone, $10,000, and the from says Kenneth Bannerman.
1: Personal checking account. Because the legitimate loans that he's supposed to have already applied for will take too long. I am sus. (laughs) So sus because then he puts his
0: hand on her knee and it zooms in on it. Mm. So they're leading us to believe that there's, which obviously there is, but they're letting us know there is a power
1: dynamic here. Mm -hmm. There is a continuing relationship and it's just more fuel For the Kelly and Val thing.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: He's just gross.
0: Yeah. Don't trust him.
2: Yeah. Like, I can tell he's full of shit just by him saying, oh, yeah, bank loans take time or whatever. And it's like, yeah, filling out the application takes time. Like, with the personal financial statement and all of the shit that you have to do to put into it and the documents you have to gather... But once you submit that paperwork, it does not take long to get a loan.
0: Yeah, and I imagine like in nineteen ninety seven, six still, uh, nineteen ninety six, it would take longer than it would today because so many things are done online. But still, it wouldn't. I would imagine it wouldn't take longer than a week.
1: And no, Ag- again, if they just didn't go play tennis in the middle of the day and then go to an early dinner could have been filling out paperwork all day yep don't go to the beach club fill out her paperwork
0: like this is literally her livelihood at this point
1: yeah oh and you remember how you're talking about that scene where val was like let's face it if some if steve hadn't started those rumors about kelly someone would have yes that's the same scene where she tells brandon she's going to the beach club with kenny bannerman and he's just like you better be careful or people are going to start spreading rumors about you.
0: And now Kelly knows that Val and Kenny are at least friendly. They know each other.
1: And I feel like I can't tell if Brandon will do this or not because he has evolved in the past couple of years. But this could definitely be an I told you so moment. Could be. I can see it. I have this much hope he calls Jim.
0: Ooh. That was that was a
2: little pinch, by the way, for the listeners.
0: Ooh. I would like that.
2: I would like that a lot. I would really like to see Angry Dad Jim, but, like, at Kenny instead of Brenda. Angry y- Business Dad Jim?
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: Like, like, bring in ethics here, Jim. Like, let's go.
1: <laughs> Seriously, this man is a CPA. He is supposed to be doing business.
0: Yep. Threaten him to lose his license
1: makes me so mad not all cpas are like this
0: no but yeah that's val that's her storyline this week we have uno mas technically technically caitlin you want to go first sure brandon returns home from texas just in time for the beach club reunion he gets courted by mark the program director for the campus tv station but he's a newspaper man Brandon also visits Kelly at Friendship House, where she's volunteering for the summer, and they hug twice in one scene. Brandon spends the rest of the episode bonding with Kelly over their summers and say they'll know when they know if they are are ever meant to be on the same page with each other.
1: Yeah, that's way better than mine.
0: It's the least funny of all of them, in my opinion. (laughs) It was just hard to summarize Brandon because he just flitted around.
1: Yeah, I tried. Brandon goes to surprise Kelly on her first day volunteering at the AIDS hospice. He also talks to Val about Kenny Bannerman, Claire about Steve, Kelly and Steve about Claire, and Kelly about Mariah. There's also a boy named Mark that David knows from the TV station that really wants to poach Brandon from the Condor to go work in TV. Mark also thinks that Kelly is really cute and stares at her as she walks to her car. At the end of the reunion, after the egg toss, Brandon and Kelly share a moment when they talk about how they've started being closer to being in the same place. And maybe one day they will be, but not yet. And then I put a winky face.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Brandon did not have a really big storyline because he just went to and from. He got in on all the hot goss, but he wasn't really a you know big part of anything um but he does get a few good little one-liners so that's good he's got that going for him
1: yeah one of the very first scenes is when he walks in and he's home from the alamo and by the way claire looks adorable in this episode too in this first scene she has a like crop top and a waist chain
0: okay i was like what is on her waist
1: i didn't know what that was it's a chain
0: like, it was the tiniest. It looked like a, just like a really tiny necklace chain. Like, yeah, I guess it looked like a chain. But, like, at first I was like, is that her thong? Like, <laughs> I thought it was her underwear. Very high. Yeah, very high.
2: That's so fun.
0: But that has nothing to do with Brandon, other than the fact that he was in the scene. Which is pretty much the, the like, summation of Brandon's storyline this episode.
1: Yeah, because he catches up with them and Steve is like oh yeah how's the car did you get it back from you know the rednecks and he says it's fine and then Steve's just like you should have just bought a new Corvette like me and Brandon goes new Corvette collector's edition Mm-hmm. and then that's basically it like they leave he does also call Claire and Steve Mr. and Mrs. Bickerson
0: that was cute adorable um yeah. and then we don't
1: see him for like seven scenes
0: yeah i have to like scroll down in my nose because after all the steve and claire stuff after all the david and donna stuff after steve and claire get upset with each other after the tennis stuff and then finally david comes up to brandon with that dude named mark who was like who's this guy and, yeah, apparently he works as the program director at the campus TV station and really, really, really wants Brandon on board. And, yeah, then stares at Kelly when she leaves.
1: Yeah, because he walks up. So he walks up. They walk up to Kelly before she's going to Friendship House to volunteer. That's right. And she's like, oh, you you know, Mar- Brandon is his own person. You're never going to just get him to do something. And then if she goes to leave, Mark is staring at her. And David is just like, hey, watch it. That's my sister.
0: Which also was weird because when has he interfered before?
2: Rare. That just makes me think something's going to come out of that. Right? Right. Like, I don't trust Mark. He's only in two scenes. But the fact
0: that he was given a name and a title.
1: hmm hmm And, like, a relation because Casey yeah. is just like a guy that they knew that Donna knew technically when mm-hmm. she was 14, but she didn't like know him. David works with Mark, and Mark wants to work with Brandon exactly and Kelly.
0: Yeah, and then work
1: with, yeah, <laughs>
0: work with. Which, speaking of Kelly, Brandon goes to we find out the name of the AIDS clinic is or that AIDS hospital, sorry, is Friendship House. And apparently this is her first day and I was like wait somebody's visiting That's somebody what I at thought
1: work. And like if I was Kelly I would be like why are you here? Why are you making me look this way?
0: Yeah. But like it was actually a little bit cute when they do see each other cuz like as we all know they have great chemistry. And oh, it was Kelly's adorable. just like scrubbing away in this bathroom in cute overalls and She's, like, really excited. She's, like, I really wanted to do this for me. Like, even though it's for my psych, you know, credit, I still wanted to do this for me. And then they hug. And then he says he wanted to come see her first before he even goes to the beach club. And then they hug again. I'm, like, "Eh, it's two hugs. That's two hugs.
1: Yeah. And then he gets to the beach club. And, like, you know, does all the things. He talks to Claire about how incestuous the little group is. But then Mark finds him at the beach club trying to convince him to join the TV station. And Kelly comes up. Mm -hmm. And, like, it seems to me that she just came to the beach club and went straight for Brandon.
0: Yes. Like, made a beeline. And I do think Brandon said something really funny. Because Mark is, like, doing his little spiel about why Brandon should come over to the tv station and brandon's like what giving up my journal or no he's like kelly walks up and is like hey what's going on and brandon's like oh this guy's just trying to make me give up my journalistic integrity for the idiot box i was like what <laughs> and mark's just all come on brandon you know newspaper's dead no one reads the newspaper i'm like they were saying that 96 i currently work for a newspaper <laughs>
1: And then Brandon's on fire. On fire. (laughs) Now that Kelly is here, Mark asks her to dance and then turns to Brandon and goes, you don't mind, do you, Brandon? And Brandon goes, no, no, I wouldn't dance with you anyway. It would be too confusing. Who would lead?
0: (laughs) Which I will have to say, he would have immediately agreed to dancing with Susan. I just have to say it. He always danced with Susan.
1: He's going to have a renewed Brandon Don't Dance. Yep. He finally danced for a girl, and she took the job. She took the job. She tap danced on his heart. This is going to be my new, like, this isn't you. (laughs) You took the (laughs) job?
0: Yeah. Oh, gosh.
1: But so after she dances with Bark, they go to the bar, and, like, she gets a Coke, And he's telling her about Mariah and how it was, like, this amazing moment that in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of this small town, he meets this girl who, like, makes this major life decision and he gets to witness it. It was Mm -hmm. magical. And Kelly's immediately just like, I bet you had something to do with it. You changed my life, too. You changed a lot of people's lives.
0: And then he has to go flit around more and so does Kelly. And... Lynn, I'm scrolling a while again.
1: Yeah, because the next time we see him is the next morning when he has the conversation with Val about rumors. Yep. And how it's important that Steve told Kelly what happened.
0: Yes. And yeah, 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 yeah. And Val just, like, agrees to stop bad talking Kelly at least to him.
1: And then we don't see him again until the very end of the episode, where he's watching Kelly and Steve do the egg toss. And after the egg breaks on Steve, Kelly comes over to him and he's like, oh, I bet it was kind of satisfying to break that egg on Steve. But, you know, Kelly kind of brushes it off. She says that she and Steve, like, they were all young and stupid. And, you know, he just did something stupid as a kid, like whatever. But it reminded her about how strong the bonds are between all of them.
0: And then she, they both kind of bond over the fact that, like, they both spent the summer alone, but they were okay about it. Like, they were happy that they got to spend summer alone. But then they kind of, like, like once Kelly says that, Brandon's like, well, I'm glad we're on the same page. And she's like, oh, you think we're on the same page? And he's like, well, you know, maybe, yeah, we're on the same. Well, maybe a couple pages off. Well, at least we're in the same chapter. And... She's just basically like, well, do you think we're ever going to be on the same page again? Clearly, you know, a, an, an innuendo for them dating again. And he's like, I think we'll know. And then she's like, well, what if we don't? And he's like, I think we'll know that too. So they kind of agree that like, now's not the right time. But if it ever becomes the right time, they'll both figure it out together or something.
2: Yeah, they're just leaving it open for them to either one of them to be like, so we're making out now. Yeah. And when one of them just cannot control the urge to kiss the other one, that's when they're gonna fucking go for it.
0: Yep. And I I actually kind of like that. Like I know it's a little like I would never want anybody to do this to me who didn't truly have feelings for me. mm Because then that would just be a messy situation. They'd be dangling me on for no good reason. But like you can actually tell, like this isn't a situation where they're like leading each other on. They're both kind of at the same point talking about maybe being on the same point at some point else and I actually kind of make think this makes it like a slow burn situation and the slow burns always get you
2: yeah I'm I'm into that actually yeah, like now that I'm thinking about it I'm like okay yeah no this is this is good plot delicious give me more mm-hmm.
0: it's not mm-hmm. quite enemies to lovers but it's a good slow burn
1: I mean, I am much more into Brandon and Kelly slowly finding their ways to each other than I am with David and Donna slowly finding their ways to each other.
0: Yeah, because it doesn't seem like they're really slowly doing it. They're like, let's test it. It's like, I'm going to jump into this ice cold water. Ooh, no, too cold. I'm going to get out, Mm -hmm. you know, and like over and over. Whereas like Brandon and Kelly are just like, let's take one step down into this ice cold water. It's cold, but I'm going to get used to it. And then one more step. And then one more step. And maybe we get there. Maybe we find out it's a little too cold for me. I'm I'm out. And that's okay.
2: Yeah. But at least we're together. <laughs> and okay, so yeah, no, I, I do like this. God damn it. I like I like <laughs> what's happening with Brelli right now. Like, that's really kind of nice that they're both willing to give each other the time that they need to get over their respective things. They both have put it out there that maybe that's a thing that can happen again. Mm -hmm. And now maybe they're just going to be cute and slow burn, fall in love. And maybe I will like
1: it next time they get together. (laughs) So, what do you think, Mary? Do you have major gaps? Are you completely confused? How did we do on our synopses? I mean, y'all did really,
2: really good. Both of <laughs> yours had moments that I was just like, that's just a perfect, like, little turn of phrase that just made me really happy. So, no, like, both of you get an A for sure. Oh my God.
1: Oh my God. <laughs> it's
0: coming from the queen herself.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I loved them. I loved them so much. And I honestly feel like, um, I kind of understand what happened, and (laughs) I don't think I really missed anything. (laughs) I honestly don't
1: think you did.
0: Yeah, you didn't. Like, we, yeah, I think we maybe talked about things faster than we normally do, but if I'm looking at our recording right now, it is not that far off from our normal pace, so.
1: Caitlin, did you have a quote of the week?
0: Oh, yeah, um.
1: Yeah, so do you want to guess it? I am going to guess it.
2: I have a guess because I have one quote from this whole episode that I saw. Yes. Actually, two. I just remembered another one. I'm going to go get some potato salad. (laughs) And um, Brandon just being like, the more things change, the more they stay the same. And I'm like, you know what? Uh, Having heard everything that happened, that's
1: very true. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: It really is.
1: Yeah. From the same potato salad moment, I'm going to say, David's, if you're so in love, why don't you just go over there and help him with his potato salad? (laughs) Claire, when she comes back with the coffees and literally just says, you sent me to get iced cappuccino and now you don't want any? Thanks. (laughs) And Claire again. Has it ever occurred to you how incestuous our little group is? Brandon, I try not to dwell on it.
0: So it's funny. I like nearly wrote down all of those. The only one I didn't write down was the Claire getting the iced coffee and coming back. But my quote of the week is actually when Brandon is telling Kelly that he is that Mark is trying to get him to give up his journalistic integrity for the idiot box. Because I just love that Brandon through and through is a newspaper guy, even though we know he's about to join the TV station. Like, we know it's going to happen I without knowing.
1: Well, he he makes that comment right before that he's been holding out to be editor of The Condor. Yeah. So I feel like next episode he's going to be like, I'm not editor of The Condor. Susan didn't give it to me. I'm going to go work for TV.
0: Yeah, it's going to be that random guy that we saw take over over the summer or something i forget his name frank sure like it's gonna be him it's gonna be like what the heck oh wait i have a career in television now. i'm a tv man like
1: <laughs> mary do you have a favorite moment in the things that we told you
0: oh yeah did you think of anything from our synopses that you're just like yeah that's it
1: <laughs> so I'm my
2: mind is still like wrapping its head around the fact that there's an end of summer Beverly Hills Beach Club Reunion egg toss. <laughs> um, but I'm gonna say that's my moment of the week because technically when Kelly and Steve were throwing it at each other, they were exchanging an egg.
1: Oh my oh, gosh! Oh
0: nice. Yes. Good callback.
1: Good what a beautiful callback. throwback. Yep. So much better than all of the flashbacks we got from spring dance
0: oh my gosh yeah
1: which is wild because i know it's been like years mm-hmm. since that episode but they like really make kelly and steve look so young mm-hmm. in that first season like kelly looks like a little baby yeah
0: she still had baby face for sure and like steve still had that little portion of his hair was a mullety. Mm-hmm. I forgot about his mullet
1: oh i missed his mullet when i saw it i was like man you just damn it you're cute <laughs> more mullets please <laughs> Cause he, he's just such an asshole but he's so cute oh there were several times Mary since it was a beach club episode he was just shirtless and those abs were just out
0: they were out yes he did look really good and it looked like he was getting a little
1: sunburned mm-hmm.
0: because I imagine like just being outside filming you know for so long yeah like guaranteed that, that white boy with his little like Really, really blonde, almost ginger hair, just... He got burned. Poor baby.
1: I really hope every time they yelled cut, he was like, 100 SPF, go! (laughs) Yeah, he
0: needed the little umbrella. Yeah, oh, He needed the hat with the umbrella on it.
1: Oh my god, I would (laughs) have been so happy. He needs Jason Priestley to just come over and hold the umbrella for him while they're sipping iced cappuccinos. Oh my god. Buddies. Oh man! Well, summer's over, Caitlin. What's next week?
0: Is it we're we're not? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) But regardless, um, we are going to get into season seven, episode three, "A Mate for Life." He's her lobster.
2: (laughs) That's all I can think of. I mean. Is it Kenny's wife? <laughs> oh my god! Um, uh, Nat and
1: Joan. <gasps> I forgot. We did not
0: see contractually obligated obligated Nat this episode.
1: He doesn't go to the beach club. He's offended that anyone would go eat that food over his pie. Fair. Or they're on old people maternity leave. <laughs> so old. But yeah, that's what we got. Yeah, so I guess we'll find out what that's about next week. And until then, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Back2Podcast.
0: Also, send us some emails if you have any thoughts, if you have any questions, any comments. Honestly, if you like this format and didn't think it was too, like, helter-skelter and all craziness and stuff, let us know because <laughs> don't worry, we would do another one. <laughs> let us know at back podcast at gmail.com.
2: That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com.
1: And don't forget to go into your podcast app and rate, review, subscribe, share it with all your friends and family. All that stuff really helps us get seen and build a community, and that gives us a chance to give you all a better product. And if you leave us a review in Apple Podcasts, we'll give you a shout-out on the show because we really appreciate you. So until next week, from all of us at Back to Podcast. I'm going to go share my pain with my Uncle Brandon.
2: I'm going to go
0: watch more shows on my idiot box.
2: I'm going to go work on my top spin so I can live up to your ex-wife. Bye.
1: Bye. See ya.